You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today is a special time of reflection as a group. We'll be reflecting on hope, love, and John 15. Of course, there's some liberty to share, but we want to try to stay in those parameters. I have, I'm going to kickstart things with a short devotion and what's on my heart, and then I'm going to pass the mic to you. So I'll first share, and then I'll pass the mic to you. But let me pray. Father, I'm asking that you'd come into this time, that you sanctify our words, that we would speak the word of God and not our own word, that our words would give life and freedom, and they would help and strengthen, and that you would be glorified in everything we say. Thank you, Father, and take these words and use them. Use them in our lives. Use them to transform us in Jesus' name. And may we never neglect your voice. Amen. Amen. So the verse that's on my heart for this morning, one of the verses, and of course you'll share as well, is Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7 and eight, and you should know it when you hear it. Uh, Hebrews chapter three, verse seven and eight. So as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And that's where I'd like to stop, but I'll read some of the rest here. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. For 40 years they saw what I did, but they still had that stubborn, hard heart. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray. Notice the emphasis on hearts. So in the beginning, do not harden your heart. If you hear his voice, there is that those two words, his voice. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And then he says, I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. That's another thing that I'd like to highlight there, my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. They shall never enter my rest. One of the things that the Lord has been speaking to us about is entering his rest. And that rest is real and tangible. And that rest restores us and recharges us and renews us. And it makes us whole. And everything in our lives, in the kingdom, 
must come out of that rest, the rest that God gives. And this is why Jesus calls us to abide in the vine. The word abide or meno or it could be dwell or abide or remain or stay, to live in. That word is a word that ultimately means rest. We've got to rest in him. As we rest in him, then we are fruitful and productive. So what keeps us from resting in him? Here, according to this passage, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So we enter into God's rest through hearing his voice and responding. And response is so important. How do we respond to God? How do we respond to what he says? It says here, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So keeping a heart that is soft, that wants to know God's ways, uh, that is not just content with going to heaven, which much of the church has been just content with going to heaven or getting to heaven, where we need to know something more, and that is his ways, his ways. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing. Then it says here their hearts always are going astray. So we want to reverse this. We don't want our hearts to go astray. We want to know his ways. And when we have that heart, it causes us, and, and the, the trust that is the foundation of all, it all, it causes us to enter into his rest, his rest. And that is where the true power is. Then it, it, this verse is so important that in Hebrews, the author says it again in verse 15. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. So I'm going to read a, a prophetic word the Lord gave me this morning. But before that, I had an incident on, uh, an incident? Maybe incident's not the right word. Had something happen on the way to church, something that I, I did. And, yeah, no, it would be something you wouldn't think of, except the Lord highlighted it to me. When we were driving in the car, uh, our car, I had the window down, and that was quite disruptive because the wind was blowing in. And the reason why I had the window down is because for the longest time, our, car, our car's air con hasn't been working. So I've had to keep the window down and Anna too to get some air into the car. However, about a, a week ago, we got the air con fixed. So I did not need to have that window down. But I was in such a habit of every day not having any air con, it's hot in Australia, and because of that, having the window down. And so my automatic reaction was to put the window down and, and not realizing that, hey, the <laughs> air con works. So I could have just had the air con on. And it reminded me of one of the things that I'm translating in the book of Ephesians right now. So I'm in Ephesians chapter 4, and there's a part where it says, throw off the old life. Throw off the Well, I thought we were saved, but we still have to be active in throwing off the old life, the old thinking, the old habits. So the air con's working. I did not need to have the window down. 
but I did out of habit. And this is what happens in our Christian walks. We do many of the old things out of habit because we're used to them. We've kept on, we, we keep, <laughs> we just keep on doing it. And we forget what Jesus has done. And we forget who Jesus is. And because of that, often we needlessly struggle, though there is a struggle in the Christian life, but it's not the, the struggle of us doing things our own way. And so we needlessly struggle over many things. And we have to constantly remember, that's why Paul is telling us in his epistles, they, they have a certain pattern to them. And the pattern is he reminds us of who God is and what Jesus has done and what we have in our salvation. Then he moves to the practice of it and that we're called to live it. In other words, we need to remember what Jesus has done in order to live inside of it. And we need to take off the old, whatever the old is, the old garments, the old way of thinking. We need to throw off the old in order to embrace the new. Am I uh, getting through? <laughs> so I'm about to pass the mic to you. And here's what, here's what the Lord spoke to me this morning. I was praying, asking him some questions, and this is a short prophetic word that I wrote in my journal. And the Lord said this, I am working on the willingness of my people. I am working on the willingness of my people. Now, this goes along with Hebrews chapter 3, which says, today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. A hardened heart is a heart that's not willing. And so the Lord put, uh, put it on my heart. Uh, I'm working on the willingness of my people. I want to save them from their selective hearing. Do you know what selective hearing is? It's where we hear select things rather than all of what he's saying or all of some, what someone is saying. I want to save them from selective hearing. Many times I tell them, give and go, but they ignore me. I tell them, come with outstretched arms, and they stay. I tell them to stay, but they have itching feet to go. Will anyone keep in step with my spirit? Will anyone learn to wait and rest, letting me lift them up on wings like an eagle? Who will submit to me? And that's the the word. So it's a little bit of a tough word, right? A little bit hard to swallow. But this is, these were the questions that the Holy Spirit was giving me. Will anyone keep in step with my spirit? Will anyone learn to wait and rest, letting me lift them up on wings like an eagle? Who will submit to me? So the Lord is working on our willingness. He wants us to have willing hearts, soft hearts, hearts that listen, that respond to him, that obey. So that's my short devotion. And let, let me pray, and then I'm passing the mic to you. <laughs> Father, I just thank you that it's your voice that's the best voice. And it's your voice that causes us to enter into your rest. 
because with your voice comes your grace and your power so that we can live. And we want to repent for where we have been stubborn and have been hard-hearted like the Israelites in the wilderness. And we have not wanted to do things your way. But Father, this morning we're saying we want to do things your way. We want to be submitted to you. And I'm asking that according to your word to, our, to us, that you would work on the will, willingness of our hearts, that our hearts would not be hard, but they would be soft and pliable in your hands. Amen. Amen. So the ground rules here is not to go too long, to give everybody an opportunity to share, uh, but also we want to make sure we don't have dead, like a lot of dead space or dead air because we are online and we are recording. So who is our, and I, the, at some point I'm going, my, if my computer is saying your, your, your Mac is, will go to sleep soon. So that's, maybe I'll just transfer now to my phone so that I don't have that problem. Switch. Oh, that was pretty good. Zoom has a new feature. It's just saying, I can switch to my phone. All right. Hopefully, hopefully people at, if you're at home, you can still see me. Because I think I've, I've switched over. Okay. So now I'm on my, on my phone. I don't know how how well the microphone will work with my phone, but that's okay. Maybe someone could start from, from here first. So, who has got the boldness to say something? Anybody? Who would like to go first? Barbara? Good on you, Barbara. I'm going to come over and give you the mic. <laughs> you won't be able to see them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one other area that speaks to me, and this is because of a history, I guess, is... Romans 5, verse 5, and it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And, I th and this speaks to me because so many times in life I've been disappointed because people have let me down. They've said I can promise things that haven't come about or workplaces, you get employed to do something and then it doesn't happen and then as you leave, then you leave your job and they say, oh, well, we're sorry about this not working out the way we said in the interview. And so there's lots of things like that that happen in life. But Jesus is our only hope. He's our hope of salvation. And we can hope in the promises, his promises and his word because they're true. He's faithful, he keeps his word.
God doesn't lie. He will complete the work he has begun in us. And hope for me means reliability, um, that he doesn't ever let us down, he'll not fail. And Psalm 46 verse 1 says, He is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So he can be relied on in trouble. We can always look to Jesus to help us when other people aren't around to help or they can't or they won't. And then we're also empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we've got that hope that we can achieve things and can do things because we have the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. Hope is an anchor, not just wishing for something that may not happen or in someone who will let us down, but hope in Jesus is sure. And then the other thing with hope is it relates, to me it relates to confidence. Uh, 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So the key is asking according to his will and then we know that he will hear. Titus 1 verse 2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So we have that hope of eternal life, the hope of salvation. So when we have that hope, then there's no reason to doubt or think that we've fallen out of favour with God or we can't have salvation because that's something that he's actually promised before the beginning of time. And Hebrews 1.14 says, hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. We become partakers of Christ. So we have that confidence in Jesus at the beginning of our walk. But it's about remaining steadfast to the end and keeping our hope. So, and that again relates to Isaiah 26.3 where it talks about if we keep our minds steadfast on him, we will have peace. So it's like, where is our hope? Where is our, our mind focusing? And if we have that hope, well, it gives, lifts us up, gives us life, it encourages us. It promises we can face the day knowing that Jesus is our hope. Was that the last one? Yeah, 1 John 5, 13, Titus 1, 2, and Hebrews 1, verse 14. Father, we just thank you that you've given everything to us in Jesus. That through Jesus' death on the cross, you've given us life, you've given us faith, you've given us your love, but you've also given us hope. We have such a hope in him that is steadfast, it's everlasting. Jesus is so faithful, he'll never fail. Your promises will never fail. You promised to complete the work that you've begun in us. 
So we've just got so much to hope for in you. We pray that that hope will lift us up out of despair, will lift us into life, lift us close to you, will bring us confidence. And our confidence can be unwavering because you are unwavering. You are steadfast and true. You love us with an everlasting love. Is there really anything that we cannot hope for in you? Help us to cease hoping in other people, in other situations, in the banks providing finance or the, all the different things that we look for in life to meet our needs, for our hope to be fulfilled. But the only hope that doesn't disappoint, the only hope that doesn't bring shame or pull us down is our hope in you. Because that, then we're anchored. We can't be knocked around by the things of the world. We can't come to nothing. And, and this is our biggest encouragement that our hope of eternal life, the hope of salvation in you, that no one can take away. No one can take away unless we choose and we willingly disappear. And, but you will always come after us to bring us back. We just thank you that our hope is in you. We have so much and you've given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us to abide in this hope, to abide in your love. And there's nothing too hard for you. So we just thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your hope. And thank you for all you've given us in Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. So you set me up, I guess, when you said, he that hears my voice or, or hear his voice. So you set me up for my favorite verse of scripture, John 5, 24. Um, he that verily, verily, this is Jesus' words. He that hears my voice and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. So present tense, we have it and shall not come into condemnation future tense, but is passed from death to life past tense. So I'd like to build on what the beautiful words that you just said and the prayer that, you know, Satan tries to take away the plans that God has for us, and, and God has amazing plans for our lives, and he's not done with us, and I think about the times that he's delivered me again and again and again from death and disaster and Satan tries to stop us from being everything that we should be and ministering to other people and I think we just need to keep our eyes on on God and the plan that he has everyone here knows scripture really well I believe and you know God has a plan for everybody here under your pastorship to go out and reach the world and different people and we all have different ministries and different opportunities and different pasts, presents and futures and we need to continue in the way that we've begun. Um, I'm quite nervous, I'm not used to speaking to people online, I don't mind talking to people in the present congregation but 
yeah, I guess just encouragement. And um, I just love everybody here and, you know, the fact that we are united on Sunday mornings under the Word of God and, and that we, we praise and worship. And I think he speaks to me. I'm sure he speaks to everybody else as we're in worship and, and you know, divinely confirms this ministry and, and everything that you're doing. And I don't care if it's 50,000 people or five people. It, if God's somewhere, that's where we want to be. But, you know, it's keeping focused and don't let Satan stop us and turn us the wrong direction. That's all I have to say. Well, I could talk for another two hours, but we need to, we need to give someone else the chance to speak. But can I pray? God, I'd like to thank you for Pastor Glenn and, and, and the teaching that he brings forth in truth and, and in the light and, and in the, you know, the real deliverance of your word each Sunday here. And um, thank you for all the people who come faithfully and we come together for a short time and, and then we go back to our lives. May we be refreshed and empowered by this time that we have, this peaceful, wonderful time each Sunday morning, Lord, to face the world and, and to do what you have for us. And may we always have our eyes focused on you and be in your word. May we walk in the light as you are in the light. May we walk in fellowship with God, confessing our sins, turning, forgiving, forgiving others, Lord, May we always be in fellowship with, with you and may we be in your word and in prayer. And I look forward to the next time we do communion together here. Um, thank you for this ministry. Thank you for everybody here and, and the plans that you have for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You're next. <laughs> So I want to share from Romans 5.5 5 as well. Um, so, yay. Um, yeah, because I was thinking, well, God put this on my heart like a few days ago, and then I was thinking on this. But um, so Romans 5.5 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So, you know, when Glenn was preaching on Sunday and then on Monday and then I kept hearing this word, but like I, I'm pretty sure I only understood it in my head. So I was like, yeah, you know, God gives you hope. Yeah. And I don't think I genuinely got it in my heart until like there was one night when I kind of needed hope. So I was like, oh, yeah, that verse, Romans 5, 5. So I opened my Bible and I, well, I opened the app, Bible app, and then I read it, but it was the second part that, like, stood out to me, even though I went in to look at the first part that says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, because, you know, sometimes it's scary to hope, because just like what Barbara was saying, like, you know, you, you, you're excited for something, and then your bubble is burst, like, you know, it's always, it, well, because we, you live in the world, so, but, so it's kind of scary to, like, hope, so I was trying to stand on that first part that says, and this hope does not um, lead to disappointment, and then God showed me, like, that second part that says that the Holy Spirit shows you that because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So it's basically the Holy Spirit that, you know, shows us that 
God's love in our hearts. So then that's when, like, I think it got into my heart for real. Like, that's when I got a revelation of that word. And then it's like, well, perfect love casts out fear. So the Holy Spirit enables you to have God's love, and then that love casts out all types of fear, and then you don't have that fear of the future. And when you read Romans 5, 5 in context of Jeremiah 29, 11, is... Um, Basically, you know, God says, I know the plans that I have towards you, that thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you hope and a future and to give an expected end. So if you look that, like, look at that verse, it says God's the one who gives you hope. And so then in this verse, it says, you know, that type of hope will not disappoint, even though, like, it talks about the hope of salvation and, like, but it's God's kind of hope that goes into you. So then what Barbara was just saying, like, it's, it's, it's like there's an assurance about that hope. Um, so... Yeah, um, basically, yeah. So it's God's kind of hope. And, like, the distinction here was, um, like, it's, it, there's a difference between your um, God's kind of hope and your wishful thinking. Because, like, we all know that our emotions can be, like, fickle. Like, one day you're, God, I love you. And then the next day you're, like, God. Like, you know, you have all these emotions of, so you can't trust your emotions, but you can trust in God's hope. And so then it goes back to like Romans 12 that says, be a living sacrifice. And then it, in that verse 1 and verse 2, it talks about, you know, like, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when you live as a living sacrifice, you do his will. That goes with Jeremiah 29, 11, that God's kind of hope. And um, to me, hope is also that good image because we, as like as humans, we think in images, right? And like when you look at your circumstance, you see like negative stuff. But God gives you a good image, and it's usually a good image of your future. That it's like a prophecy because it's His will is prophecy, right? His good intentions for you. So, yeah, His will, His hope. And I, um, just a little while back, um, I was. You know, you start, you really have a lot of power on you, like in your tongue because the day, like that, there was one day when I started great, I was happy, and then I started reminding God of my circumstance. And that's when I started going like down because I was like, God, this, God, do you remember how I am like this, et cetera, et cetera. And I started off the day great and I ended up like super hopeless because I was complaining. And there's that difference between like praise and complaining. When you start complaining, it's a reflection of your unbelief. So I was like, I didn't realize that I was complaining, but I was just telling God, my circumstance is this, my circumstance is this. And I went like to bed that night feeling hopeless. So, you know, when you're hopeless, you go to bed, you're sad. And I'm sad. And just when I'm about that line between like when you're about to like go off and you're still like awake, that's when like the Holy Spirit like brought hope to me. Like I felt like it was images after images of like just good future. Like in everything I said during the day, it was like the opposite of it. And he just gave me like good, good images. So I got out of my bed and I just had so much joy and I started researching stuff and I was just so excited. And I think that's the, like a testimony of how faithful and true he is that like, yes, you're fickle, but like God's not. I mean, we shouldn't be fickle, but you know, like, like he's not it, like irrespective of your circumstance, he's faithful. And so I think that's a testament of like your wishful thinking, your happy emotions versus God's kind of hope. That's like a short, like, you know, there's an assurance. And then it says faith is the substance of the things that you hope for the evidence of things you don't see. So it's like that good image that God gives you, not your great plans of like what you thought is great, but it's God's kind of hope. So yeah, um, that's just a testament of like him, his character of like, he's faithful, he's true, irrespective of what you go through. And 
yeah, that distinction between his hope and your wishful thinking. So praise God. That's, that's what I had on my heart, like Romans 5.5. 5. Yeah, praise God. Who's next? Who is next? Anybody? Thank you. Um, just following on from the thing of hope, like I was last night in the middle of the night because Valerie was up so I was going over the the messages um well at least one of them that um Glenn shared and the the relationship between faith or trust and the love of God and the hope of God and um it's the hope of God that makes us steadfast it's his hope that makes us endure but I'll just go to my um oh yeah the furthest the scripture there's so many scriptures where you see them like all together, and this relates to abiding in the vine as well. One uh, Colossians chapter one: We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. So the, that's that faith and that confidence in Christ Jesus. That's how we are connected to the vine. It's not by human effort. It's just simply. And what, what uh, Andrew was talking about, that, that scripture in John, about putting a, a trust in, in Jesus and his work, what he has done, um, and re- relying on him totally. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love with you, uh, which you have for all the saints, and I see that when we put our faith, our trust in Christ Jesus, that's like the the life source, the essence of God, the love of God flowing through um, from the, the vine to the branches and we receive his love and, and that love is who he is and that flows to us and it flows out. And that's also the motivation for all of our works as well as the love of God and the love which you have for all the saints. And in verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. And I'll just go to some other. Um, there's so many scriptures where you see those three together. And of course, you know, First um, Corinthians 13, these three remain faith, hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. Ephesians 1.15, for this reason I too... Having heard of the faith, of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, and what I love um, that Glenn shared was often we can have thought traditionally um, that when you see three elements in Scripture, you see them as individual things. You don't see that they belong together; that they're interrelated that they all belong together and, and they define each other as well and they can't exi- exist within one, you know, without one another, like the power of the Holy Spirit or the, you know. And the same is true with faith, hope and love. And as I said before, faith, trust, latches onto the vine for its life. Love flows from the vine to the branch. First Thessalonians 1, uh, 2 to 3 says, We give thanks to God always for all of you, 
making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labour of love and steadfastness of hope. So we've got those three things again. And our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. And I, um, over the past couple of years, I've just, there's a constant prayer of mine. Sorry, I don't know why I'm crying. I think I've just started. Is Lord, I want to be in you. I just want to remain in you. I want to be hidden in you. I never want to do anything. I never want to do anything outside of you. I want you to be seen. I just have this, this image that he's huge. I'm just inside him. Oh, it's like a bubble of his presence. And I'm just in him. And I'm moving around in him. And I'm walking in him. And I'm ministering in him. So that he's seen. But that's like a, a safety place as well. And um, it's also what Glenn was sharing. It's that place of rest where we don't, we have to rest from our own works and effort. And so much of my life was a lot of effort and performance and striving, even striving to receive God's love. But that, that place of being in Him and just trusting in His faithful work. And like Vanessa was sharing, our emotions go up and down. And um, you guys, you may not understand. For women, it's a bit different with our hormones and stuff. You know, you can, you know, that can also influence maybe how how you hear the Lord or how you're feeling that day. But but um, like others have shared, God never changes. The intensity of His love towards us never changes, no matter how you're feeling. If you're feeling a bit off or a bit meh, God is God's love is stuck on you. It's fervent towards us. And, um, yeah, the work of, of faith. So the, the work of faith is us putting our trust in Jesus, just believing in the work of the cross, working, believing in his faithfulness and the labor of love. And also that leads to, to hope as well because the more that we receive his love, we, re, we realize who he is. It's like the longer I've married to Glenn, I actually trust him more because he's, because he's a faithful. I know who he is. I know his character. I know he loves me. And um, that, that should be the same with the Lord. The more we receive his love, um, the more we can hope that what he says he will do because, he's proved, because we know who he is, because we know of his love and his faithful love towards us. And that, that faith, hope naturally comes from receiving his love because we know who he is. And it may, that's that hope that makes us endure, that makes us steadfast, that makes us make it to the end. Faith in God, Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe, adhere to, trust in, rely on and have faith in the one whom he has sent. And that's a daily thing. That's how we abide in the, in, in the vine. It's, you know, we continually trust in him, um, rely on him. And then our love, uh, we have love-motivated labor, <laughs> not, not striving. Hope, confident expectation of God's goodness keeps us there, keeps us abiding in the vine, keeps us steadfast, persevering, unmoved. We expect fruit. 
God's work in us. And I'll just finish off with Romans 15, verses 4 to 5. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And that, that's what we're doing this morning, is we're encouraging one another um, with the, through scriptures and, um, yeah, ministering hope to one another. Amen. Thanks, Anna. So now we have time for maybe one, one or two more. So great. Yesterday I was at Tigham Shopping Centre and I was at um, the checkout getting that cordial and <laughs> a few drinks for me. And um, I put my card onto the scanner and it came up as declined. And I've got a few um, accounts and, yeah, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, um, while I was transferring some money for it across from um, my other account... Um, this lady, two behind me, she um, just didn't even ask, just came up and scanned her card and paid for it. And oh my gosh, like the Lord really showed me about his grace, that we're saved by grace. And I ended up in tears and Chris was waiting for me outside Woolies. He was sitting down and I would just ended up in tears, didn't I, Chris? And I had to put my sunglasses on because I was so embarrassed because <laughs> in tears. But it was God's love and, um, yeah, just from abiding in him. Um, oh, and I'm up to John 15, by the way, in my reading, my um, daily reading. And I'm up to John 15. So the Lord's speaking. Yeah, I got it on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good. Anyway, so the verse that the Lord um, put on my heart at this time when this lady, just out of the, just out of the goodness of her heart and just wanting to do something lovely for me, she, um, yeah, paid for my groceries. It was like $10.70 or something. But, um, yeah, the um, verse that came to me was Ephesians 2.8. Um I'm at the wrong place. But anyway, it's by grace we are saved, not by works, but by his grace. It's a gift of God. And all through my life, like when I was young, I was um, born into, because mum and dad were Catholic, I became a Catholic. And um, I think just from that background, I struggled with the absolute generosity and grace of God that he could save the ungodly. He could save sinners and die for the ungodly, die for sinners. And I just struggled with, I felt, I always felt like I had to perform or do something to earn his favour, to earn his love. And over the years, he's just showing me that, no, it is my free gift. It is my grace towards you, my unmerited favour, that while you are yet still a sinner, 
while you are yet ungodly, I died for you because I love you with the greatest love and the greatest love is to lay down your life for your friends and and Jesus did that for each one of us and to, it's just so generous. His love is so generous, so amazing, so abundant. It's it's hard to put it into words because it's just so generous and so not fair to him. Like love, true love is unfair. Like it's not fair that Jesus had to die (laughs) on behalf of us. But he did. So, yeah, just his generosity and his awesome and great and deep and grand love for us. Um, yeah, just brought me to tears yesterday, didn't it, Chris? <laughs> um, yeah, and it all just goes back to John 15 of abiding in him, just um, setting up home in him. Like and just not having a vacant home but having all plush, comfy furniture. Like Chris and I have always just dreamed of like a little cottage and it's just all like beautiful, comfy furniture inside it. And that's like us abiding in him. You know, we've got all the beautiful, comfy (laughs) furniture and blankets and pillows and cushions and everything. And we're just set up, we're inhabiting inside of him where we've made our home in him. Um, so anyway. Amen. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> we got time for one, one more. One more. Anybody? God, thank you. Yeah, um, through this week, I, there was a bit of grief I was going through and it was a bit of a shock that came to me. And so through the week, I had a um, death in the family and I went to a funeral. But at the end of the week, what came to me, hope deferred makes the heart sick, yet a good word encourages it. And as I looked at that, it took me back to many people like Abraham he hoped in the Lord until, in his own strength, ran out of hope. And once he ran out of hope, another hope came in. And that hope was from the Lord. And that's the same with all of us. When we're hoping and we get put down and discouraged and we run out of hope, we then, as we continue on looking to the Lord, trusting in him reading his word, a new hope. His hope comes into us and it strengthens us. It gives us joy to continue on, such as running the race, to get back up and to run that race and to continue on and be joyful. Even though you're feeling down and you don't want to smile, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about all those that are out there to bring joy to those around you, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I see that looking at others is like taking your eyes off yourself and just looking at someone else and lifting them up, encouraging them and looking to the Lord. And it brings from a deferred heart, a sick heart, to being joyful. You don't feel it, but it's 
a joy in the Lord. It's a joy in the Lord that you're just floating above all the circumstances and troubles. You're soaring up like an eagle and just floating along the sky. And then you're put, suddenly put down and you're right. And you don't know how long it will go for, but you're just there, just saying, it's okay, it's all right, it's passing by. Would you pray? pray for us? Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yet a good word makes, brings us, encourages up. And we thank you, Father, that just as an eagle will soar into the sky above its circumstances and looks down and is able to swipe down and for it whatever it wants. And Lord, we thank you, Father, that we can lift our minds way above our problems and situations and look to you. And as we look to you, only your word comes into us. And only your word counts, Father, that there are better times ahead. There are better days ahead, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that your joy, Father, your strength, is all we need. And it's your love, Father, in us that we can give to those around us. As we walk in your freedom, Father, your confidence and your joy, Father. We may not say much, Father, but as we look to you, Lord, you will give us the words to speak in that time. We don't have to work it up, Lord. Or we just need to rest in you. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 So I'm going to end with one verse. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. I'm going to end with one verse. Um, this has been on my heart uh, this week, and it's Isaiah, and all of us know it. All of us know it. I think all of us know it. <laughs> And I've been having a, a great time meditating on the eternity of Christ and God's eternal, God's eternity, how he's eternal, his eternal nature. Oh, I'll have to start. I'll have to do more than one verse. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just, no, no. <laughs> I want to know. I'll just do Isaiah 28 through 31. Do you not know uh, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, sorry, Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. Do you not know, have you not heard, Yahweh is the everlasting God? Goes well with what Andrew was saying before, everlasting and he, bring, he actually invites us into his everlasting life. It's, it's eternal life. Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. That's the thing that I've been hearing as we've been talking is we all go through feeling tired and weary. 
especially with our emotions. And this is where we need to exchange our feelings for his eternal nature, for his everlasting nature, for his eternity. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. Ah, he's generous, <laughs> right? He's a generous God. And uh, when we have nothing to pay, he fills up our accounts. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. But, you know, he gives strength to the weary. Sometimes we're not weary of ourselves and we're operating out of our own strength. And we've been hearing this throughout what we've been saying. But then when we confess, Lord, without you, I'm nothing. Without you, I can do nothing. I'm weary. I'm worn. I'm weak. But I, I'm not going to stay there. I'm believing that you're going to give me the strength. That you're going to give me the power. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord... So this is very interesting because you know uh, different translations translate this differently. There's two ways it's normally translated. But those who wait on the Lord, but those who hope in the Lord. The reason why is waiting and hoping is the same concept in Hebrew. To wait and to hope, it can be said both ways. It's this, this idea of waiting and expecting. But in the Hebrew, it's more interesting because it's like, it's basically saying, uh, the, how, how can I say it? God's own hope. But it doesn't say, that's the sense of it. Uh, when we participate in God's own hope, his own waiting. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, that those who have Yahweh's hope, those who have Yahweh's waiting, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, like what we were saying, you know, that, and Chris was saying that, soaring above the circumstances, above the storm. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So there is the secret of waiting or abiding in his presence, receiving his life, receiving his strength, receiving his hope. So can I say that one again? Did I get your permission? <laughs> but those who hope, wait, abide, uh, putting a few words in there so that we can understand what it's saying. For those who hope, wait, abide in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I want to thank you, Father, that this just this classic scripture, you're refreshing in our minds to renew our minds. We've heard it, but we want it to get deep down in us that every day we live in that waiting and that hope that comes from you. It is the God kind of hope that uh, Vanessa was talking about. And I'm asking that we would live in that hope. We would draw strength from you this week. We would be a people of a hope, and we would be overcomers. 
And I'm praying that you bless everybody in this congregation with strength, with encouragement, with comfort, that we would multiply as we abide in you. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to bear much fruit. And it's only possible by this waiting, this hoping that comes from you, this strength that comes from you. Let us soar. Let us soar above the storms, above the trials. Be exalted in our lives, Lord. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Amen.